Bibles, if you would, this morning, and turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 this morning, starting in verse 38. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village. A certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bitter therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity to come to your house, to sing the songs of Zion, to worship your holy name, to gather around your precious word. Lord, I know in myself there's no, not one good thing, but thank you for what you've done in and through our lives through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I pray, God, today that the name of Jesus will be uplifted. The souls will be stirred. If there be one in this room who does not know Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, dear Father, would you draw that one to yourself? Maybe there is a Christian in this room who's discouraged or backslidden. That the Father, your spirit would rebuke him and challenge him, encourage him or her that they would need to walk in your way again. Lord, do what you can only do. Speak to hearts, for I cannot. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Several years ago, a young man came to my door. One of those uh, cable guys. I'm not going to tell you which company because I don't want to spoil it for you. But uh, They came to my door, knocked on the door. I came out. I think it was my day off. I don't even remember. It's been so long ago. They came in and, they, you know, as they do, they promise you everything. I mean, they had the best package, the best deal, brand new equipment, brand new service. It was going to be the best, at the, at the best price, and it was like, you had to have it. So I said, okay, okay, you know, I'm gaming, I'll, okay. It's going to be new, and nobody else has it in the old area, and it's brand new to San Carlos Park, and we'll be, we'll be here on this day at this time, and can you be there? Of course, I scheduled my day off, and I said, okay, I'll be there all day, because you know they give you that window. You love the window, but you, 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 I, I was there, and I I stayed there, and, you know, I just couldn't wait for the folks to, you know, to show up and give me my new stuff and new thing, and it's going to be wonderful, best thing in the world, great, fabulous. I just, I got no more superlatives to add to it. It was good. It was just going to be good. So I waited and waited and waited and waited. Called them. Nobody showed up. All day long, sat there, and nobody 
So, you know, I called the company and told them I wasn't too happy. It's best that a Christian man can do. And the next time they came to my house, different person, same color shirt, uh, I told them, and again, the best Christian way I could, that I was, you know, there's no way in Murgatroyd I would ever use their company ever, 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 ever. Ever, ever. Evermore. And I still haven't, ever. And never and ever will. But in the process of that whole thing, I made a mistake. See, I was so upset about the service of the company that I didn't see the need of the soul. A lot of times in life, we get so upset and frustrated about the things that are around us that we miss the big picture, the big picture about what's going on really right in front of us. And that's what's happening here in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. You see, Jesus now was in his last six months of his earthly ministry. The priority of his last six months was not going to be miracles. It was going to be the teaching. And actually, this this story is only found in the book of Luke in these verses 38 through 42. It's not found anywhere else in the gospel. And he puts it here, I believe, and others believe as well, because from this chapter on to chapter 19, it's all about, again, the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has to teach to his disciples. What is he going to teach? He teaches what the Father has given him to teach. John 8, 28, Then said Jesus unto them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am He, and, and that I do nothing of myself, but as the Father hath taught me, I speak these things. He was sent by the Father, and what the Father asked Him to say and to do, He did it. Martha, in this story, the host, her, actually her name in Arabic means mistress, not a negative connotation at all, but simply the idea of not being the master of the house, but the, the mistress of the house, the one that's probably in charge, the person, the person who's, whose house it belongs to, she and her sister, and also we know later on, Lazarus. This could be possibly the first time they entertained Jesus. Jesus was going from village to village, teaching and preaching. Some villages, some regions, like the area of region of Gadara, he was not welcome, but in Bethany, which we know this is from later on, he was welcome, welcome into this home, welcome to this house. And of course, there's many things that are to, to be done when you're getting ready to have somebody into your house. You want to make sure things are clean, or you, you hope you want to make sure things are clean, and you want to have a meal for them, take care of them, provide for them. And she was busy with all that, baking the bread, taking care of all the preparation, and Jesus comes in, and immediately Mary goes to the position of a disciple and sits at the very feet as close as possible to the feet of the master, Jesus Christ. Now the rabbis wouldn't even let women be near. They would say be in the back or not even be around. But Mary wanted to hear the words of her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And how wonderful it is that we have the privilege, the privilege to have the word of God and on a regular basis be able to hear God's voice speak to us. And we come to a church where the word of God is open and it's not about 
stories. It's not about just illustrations, though they're part of the sermon. The focus of the sermon is the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. And what privilege we have to, to hear from a pastor and pastors and people to hear the Word of God on a regular basis. How privileged we are because there's places all over the country, and I hear from them all the time, who tell me we do not have a church that is a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church who does not open the Word of God and preach from it. Folks, we're privileged. We're privileged here in the United States, and we're privileged here at Gospel Baptist Church to hear the preaching of teach and teaching of God's Word on a regular basis. Martha was not doing anything wrong, she was not doing, but she was not doing what's best. She got busy. Now, busyness is not bad. In fact, laziness is condemned in the Bible. But it's not always best. Beware of the barrenness of just busyness. Sometimes we can get so busy, we get caught up in our busyness, we lose track and get distracted and not do that which is best. Balance is the key. Philippians 4, 5, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Martha was, not, was focused now not on what she should have been doing, but what, on what Mary was doing. She was not consumed about what she should be doing. She was consumed about what Mary was doing. Mary was not helping. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4.11 that you study to be quiet and do your own business and to work with your own hands as we command you. Mary had her priorities right. She was, she was sitting as close as possible, listening to the, every word of her dear Lord. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. The greatest thing you can do in life is to hear the word of God and then do it. The greatest thing you can do in life is to hear the word of God. That's exactly what she was doing. But unfortunately, Martha had wrong expectations of Mary. Mary, Mary Martha had the expectations of, of that Mary would, would be doing something else, would be helping her, would be helping set the table or fix the meal. And you can you imagine the scene? Here is, here is Jesus standing, teaching, and Mary is, is right there, and, 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 he's, and, and, and he's teaching her, and she's listening. And how wonderful it is as a, as a teacher to have people who actually listen. Uh, I was a youth pastor for 14 years. I can tell you, it's a wonderful thing when they actually listen. And there, she's right there, and she's wrapped, and she's listening, she's focusing. She's not worrying about the bread that's, that's burning or the cakes that are being, you know, uh, not, not being taken care of or, or the service or the cleanliness. She's not focused on any of those things. She's just listening to her Lord. And here comes Martha. Martha, here she comes. And she goes, she says, Lord, do you not care? Now, at this point, I kind of, I wish I was on the scene. I wish I could just tap Martha on the shoulder and said, you just ask God if he cares. You just ask God, I, I think he cares. Me, I don't care, flip. But you, <laughs> that guy, he's God. He, he cares a lot. He's God. You know the one that made everything? You and before you and before you, you, you and you? He, he cares about everything. Yeah, he cares. Me, not so much. 
Martha, Martha, what are you doing? You're interrupting the master who's teaching. And you're concerned about the temporal. Mary is focused on the eternal. Oh, how easy in life it is to be consumed with that which will not matter a billion years from now. When we should be consumed with that, that which really is eternal. Focus, that's why we focus so much at Gospel Baptist on the gospel. That's why we focus on the importance of, of people like come on the bus ministry. We send out people to go pick up kids so they can hear the word of God. That's why we have a WANA program and an ice cream ministry and a, and a detention center ministry and a nursing home ministry and a Christian school ministry. So in English class, they're hearing the word of God. In math class, they're hearing the word of God. In algebra class, they're hearing the word of God. In all these other classes, they're hearing about God. Not about how they came from a monkey. Or a common core science or math. That's why Christian education is crucial to the life of a young person. And as a principal, anytime a person comes to me and they say, what should I do for my kid? Give them a Christian education, give them a good Christian home, and have them a good Christian church. Bible-believing church. Those are the keys to Christian life. Martha was, had wrong expectations of Mary. Martha had a glitch. She had a thing. She had a problem. She was so caught up with what Mary was doing, she was not doing what she should have been doing. You ever been there? You ever seen that? Sarah had expectations of Hagar, but her expectations were not met. Miriam and Aaron had expectations of her brother Moses, their brother Moses when he married another woman, but their expectations were not met. I had expectations of my dad when my mom died years ago. I thought my dad would retire, move down to Florida, right down here, spend time with his grandkids, and just have a wonderful life. He didn't. He's in Greer, South Carolina, where he's been all his life and where he'll probably die. But I had expectations of him. I wanted him. In fact, there's been times where I begged him, come on down. I need another babysitter. Come on down. I got one here. I need another one for that night. But he didn't. And a lot of the times in life, we get expectations of people. And because they don't meet our expectations or do what we think they should do, we get a thing. We get a problem. We get a glitch. And if not careful, that glitch, that problem, that thing will lead you away from God. See, the secret is Galatians 5.16, then I say, then I say, then walk in the spirit and shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would. Young preacher asked a an older preacher one time, you know, I'm getting ready to go in the ministry. Give me the secret of your success. The, the preacher, older preacher said, walk in the spirit. You should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He says, well, what if attendance goes down and things don't go so well for me? He says, walk in the spirit. You should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He said, well, what if I, I fail in what I do and I, I don't do well in the ministry? He said, son, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the, the lust see, the secret to the Christian life is plain and right in front of us. But oftentimes, we simply do not have the faith to believe it. We do not have the faith to believe it. 
Martha is a picture of a carnal, me first, or walking after the flesh, Christianity. Mary is a picture of a spirit-filled God and others, Christianity. Listen to me. To be occupied with Christ is more important than to be occupied for Christ. Did you get it? To be occupied with Christ is far more important than to be occupied for Christ. As a minister, I am occupied often for Christ. There is no off day. I might be off, but I am not off. It's 365, 24-7. But you know what? I can get caught up in the things of the ministry and forget that I must be ministered to on a daily basis. Martha had a glitch. This wasn't the first time she had a glitch. Farther on in her life, we know in John chapter 11, if you want to turn there, sorry about that, John chapter 11, verse 17. Let's look at another scene in the life of Martha. John chapter 11, verse 17. Just use the pulpit mic. Fine, just use the pulpit mic. The Bible says in John chapter 11, verse 17, then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days, talking about Lazarus. Now, Bethany was nine in Jerusalem, verse 18, about 15 furlongs off, about two, two and a half miles southeast of Jerusalem, this town of Bethany, verse 19. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. And Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou, thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Jesus is saying here, thy brother shall rise again. Do you believe God when he speaks to you? I ask you again. Do you believe God when God speaks to you? Or does God speak to you? Do you listen to God? Do you believe he can speak to you? I hope you do. I hope you're here today and say, I believe God's going to speak to me. And when he speaks to me, I want to obey his voice. If he spoke to you this morning, would you hear it? And would you obey it? But Jesus says directly to Martha, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he. Praise God. We don't die in Christ. We go through this door, this shadow. But folks, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Praise God for that. John eleven twenty six. 26. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Believest thou this? Martha had false expectations of Mary. Now, Martha had false expectations of Jesus. You ever had known folks that have false expectations of God? I mean, they just believed God would do something, and they just believed it, and it turned out never to be true. It's easy to happen in life, right? We, we read in verse 1, though, now of chapter 11, book of John. Now, a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha, and it was that Mary, which anointed the Lord with the ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, whom thou lovest is sick. 
Now, here, here's the reason why Jesus was not there for Lazarus before his death. Because we would all think, without reading those first verses, first, first part of the chapter, that, hey, you know, by this time, Jesus, Mar- Martha, Mary, Lazarus, they became friends. They'd, he'd visited several times, and they knew each other. And we know, of course, that Jesus loved these folks. He wept. And so we wonder, well, Jesus, why weren't you there before why weren't you there before Lazarus dies? Because you really, you, you really should have been there before, right? But listen to what it says in John chapter 11, verse 4. When Jesus heard that, he, say, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. The reason all this is happening Bigger than the fact that Lazarus was dying was that ultimately Jesus and the Father would be glorified. And a lot of times, folks, there are things that are, that are happening into your life, into my life, we will on this plane, this realm, not understand and not grasp, nor can we. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. If I could understand God, he wouldn't be God, right? And he does things. And this doesn't make any sense to me. It's not logic. It's not mathematical. I can't figure it out. But he's God. And I simply have to trust him. He's doing these things for a reason, for a purpose. The Bible says in verse 5, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. There's no doubt. There's no question. Jesus loves them. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days. He didn't go right away. He didn't say, okay, I heard the news. Let's go. I'm gone right now. No, he says, I'm waiting two days still in the same place where he was. You see, Jesus had his own agenda, obeying the Father of him that sent him. He was not doing his own will, but doing the will of the Father that was sent him. That's all that mattered. And that's what all matters in our lives as believers is I choose to please the Lord. And in choosing to please the Lord, you might not, cho- you might not please other people. If you choose the Lord, you might not, choose, you might not please other people around you. You might, not choose, you might not please your family. They may say, hey, you, you're not doing what I think. Am I pleasing the Lord? Brother and sister, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And every one of us will stand eyeball to eyeball to Jesus Christ and give an account to him. Lord, am I pleasing you? Am I pleasing you? On a daily basis, am I pleasing you? And when I fall down, when I fail, when I struggle, when I stumble, am I able to get back up and say, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, I was wrong. I want to please you. That should be the central goal of our life, to please God as the, as the Son did. John 8, 29, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always, and I love that word always, for I do always those things which please him. Wow. What an example we have. Don't you love it? Moms and dads, when your kids please you, don't you not like it? When your kids don't please you. 
Don't you, don't, don't you who your employers love it when your, your people under you please you? And what you don't like it when the people who are under you choose not to please you? Oh, someday, folks, we'll stand before God, and we won't be judged if we know Jesus Christ, our personal Savior, by our sins because Christ was on the cross. But our rewards and things that we can give back to our Savior will be diminished because we chose not to please our Lord. The wildest Christian camp, Ken Carl used to say, just two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. And it really comes down to that, right? Martha didn't see the big picture when it came to Mary. And she didn't see the big picture when it came to her Lord. She had expectations that he would be there and heal him and fix him and make everything in her world just right. But God doesn't always make it right for us right now. But he will, in the big picture, make everything right. If we'll just trust him through the valley, if we'll trust him through the dark times, if we'll trust him through the pain, if we'll trust him through the problems, if we trust him when it doesn't seem like we can trust him or should trust him, and everybody else around us is saying, don't trust him, don't believe him, don't follow him, we still trust him. Stay with him. He's not failed me in 28 years. He's not going to fail me now. How about you? Has he failed you? Has he fallen down on the job? Tonight at 1 o'clock in the morning as I'm driving toward Murfreesboro, he's still going to be awake, and I'm going to ask him, Lord, help me. Caffeine can only do so much. I need you. Be with my wife especially. Keep her awake. How many people are mad at God right now because they think God got it wrong somehow? Somebody has to take the blame, so blame God. Sister sick, son backslidden. Friend went home to be with Jesus too soon in our view. You and I have expectations of, of who God is and, and what God is and what he should do, and they're oftentimes wrong, right? Because we have this wrong view of God. We look at so-and-so and think, well, things are good for them. Why not me? Why not us? Could it be we're simply not trusting God who is always good and always right in our lives and the lives of others? Do we not just do as that song says, simply trust him, simply trust him, only trust him now? That seems like, man, that's vague and that doesn't make sense, but I got to get back to this, Lord, just trust in you, though things don't make sense. And I'm sure in that situation where Lazarus is dead and when Jesus is there and he's, he's performed miracles, he's turned the water to wine, he's healed folks, leper, leprosy that's now clean and, and, and things that are just amazing, walk on water. Now they've heard all these stories and why doesn't he do that for me? And sometimes we get mad at God, don't we? I saw him, God provide for so-and-so over there. They had a need. Why doesn't God provide for me? I saw so-and-so healed, and they've been sick for so long, and they've been healed. Why not? Why not me? Brothers, I can't always answer. The, there's lots of reasons why. But do you trust him that he will take care of you through all of it? Oh, dear friend, don't have a glitch against God or others because it will hurt you and your relationship with God and everybody else around you. If you have wrong expectations of other people around you and you try to figure out what God's will is for their life and try to make them do God's will for their life, 
If you get mad at God because he's not doing what, what you think he should be doing, what happens is you'll stop doing what you should be doing. If I get mad at other people and I get mad at God, though by the grace of God I've tried to tithe for 28 years, I'll quit tithing. Well, first thing I'll do is I'll quit going to this book and I'll quit reading it. If I read it, I'll just give it a glance and I'll put it down and I'll just go about my way. And I'll mark my time back in the back and say, well, I was a good boy. That's easy to do. I'll quit here. Because the heart of the problem is always a problem of the heart. It starts right here. I'll quit going here. Then I'll quit giving to God. Then I'll quit coming on a service. Then I'll quit praying. Then I'll quit giving the gospel. Then I'll quit just, I'll go through the motions. But in the big picture, something's wrong. That's what it always has to go back to. My vertical relationship with God. Is it right today? Not was it right 50 years ago. Or 25 years ago. Not if you used to preach, teach, sing, being part of it 25 years ago or 15 years ago or 30 years ago or 5 days ago. What are you doing for Jesus right now? I don't reti- I may be retired someday. A long time hopefully from now. But I don't want to retire on God. I don't want to give up and say I'm stopping doing something just because I'm retired or I'm done. Because, folks, we have this opportunity called life, and when this opportunity called life is over, there is no more me choosing to do anything for God anymore. And this could be the last time I get the opportunity to choose to do something for Jesus. Oh, dear friend, don't get a glitch against God or other people. Get the big perspective. Get the big picture. Easy to look at the temporal. Easy to look at the situation. Get mad at the waitress because the food's not done right. Or get in a situation where you're, you're in, the, in the line at Publix and it says 10 items and the guy got 45 items on the cart. Why me? And it's season and you got to get out of there and be somewhere in five minutes and you ain't going to make it in five minutes. It's easy to get mad that situation, but instead of getting mad, how about stepping back and saying, God, you're in control. And this person I'm getting ready to speak to, she has a soul. He has a soul. I can get mad at that person, or I can get mad at the person in front of me, and I can get frustrated, and I can get upset, and everybody in this room could come down and say, I surrender all, I've done it. But the big picture is, that person has a soul, and that soul is going to be in heaven or in hell forever. And many times, I believe, my testimony has not been what it should be. And that person, those, those people, have not again got a good picture of Jesus Christ through this vessel called Marty Moon. And those times I got to repent. I got to go back. Why, just the other week, I was down, I was down with a, a friend. He let me come over to his house. And I said, I said I'll come over. And that, I, the guy had a little chair for me. I was going to use his chair. And I saw somebody else got his chair. And I went over to the guy who had his chair. And I said, that's not your chair. That's my chair. And the guy said, no, that's my chair. That's not your chair. And this guy's like, and then he says, well, I'm the friend of so-and-so. And I said, well, I'm the friend of so-and-so's too. Oh, it was your chair the whole time. You mean I got to go to you and get right? Yeah. And by the way, are you one of those preachers over at Gospel Baptist? Yeah, I'm a preacher. I'm sorry. I'm stupid. My wife told me not to do it, but I got mad anyways, and I did it. How God humbles us. How God humbles us. 
Oh, dear friend, let's get back to the basis of Christianity. Whether you eat, drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. When you fail, admit it. Just own up to it and get right with God. Love the Lord God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Love others. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Oh, let the Spirit of God make decisions in, our, in your life. Walk in the Spirit, don't walk in the flesh. When problems go wrong around me, I'm not going to blame others. I'm not going to blame my problems on God. I'm going to trust in His providential care. This all reminds me of a lady you've heard much about by the name of Fanny Crosby. Accidentally blinded by a physician, a child when she was just a young child. Lost her physical sight, but gained spiritual sight. She could have lived a life of anger and angst and bitterness all her days at what happened to her in her childhood, but she didn't. She wrote over 8,000 hymns. Lived to be around 95 years old. One of the songs that she wrote, All the way my Savior leads me. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his faithful mercies who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, heir by faith in him to dwell. For I know, whatever fault befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. I wonder this morning, can you say, with all honesty between you and God, Jesus doeth all things well? No, that person over there. No, I'm not talking about that person. I'm not talking about your neighbor. I'm not talking about the person behind you. I'm not talking about your mom and dad, your brother, your sister, your cousin. But Jesus, but God, no. Is Jesus doing everything well in your life right now? And you can say it to God this morning. May it be. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. Oh Lord, help us not get caught up and get diverted and get distracted in life like Martha was. Get so focused on the temporal and not on the eternal. How easy it is to, to get distracted in this life and not focused on you. I pray, Father, Lord, if there be one in this room who does not know Jesus Christ, a personal Savior, that you would draw that person to yourself. And I pray, God, for the Christian that's struggling in their Christian life as we all struggle. We all struggle. That maybe today they're down or discouraged or frustrated or mad or bitter. They got a thing or a glitch. Oh God, may we look to you, your wonderful face, one more time and say, have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Head bowed and eyes closed. Maybe there's one in this room and say, Marty, if I die today, I am not 100% sure I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me? I won't point you out. I won't embarrass you. I promise you. But maybe there's someone in this room who's, Marty, I am not a Christian. I'm not sure I'm a Christian, but I want to be sure. If I were to die today, I'm not 100% sure I'd go to heaven, but I want to be. Would you pray for me? Anybody like that today? Anybody at all? I'd love to pray for. Brother and sister in Christ, you're struggling in your Christian life. You know it. God knows it. Mad at other people, mad at God. Whatever reason, I don't know. But the day you'd say, Pastor Martin, would you pray for me? I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Nobody else maybe knows in the world but God, but you're struggling. Can I pray for this morning? Anybody at all? Be honest with God. Be honest with God. That's how it all starts. Lord, I'm, I'm honest with you. I'm struggling. I'm struggling in my Christian life. Would you pray for me? Would you remember me in prayer today or tonight? Anybody at all? Anybody at all?
Your Father, do what you can only do. Work and speak to the hearts of people. Thank you, God, for your word that it will not, shall not return void. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you can contact us at gospelbaptistchurch.com for our website. Or go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Or call the office at 239-947-1285. Thank you. God bless.